position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite... The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Of Best Linux Games Podcast! Yes, my friends and neighbors, welcome to episode 84 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, uh, being recorded for you on this majestic and opportune and gargantuan, uh, Friday, June the 3rd of 2016, uh, at 8.43pm Pacific Time, or if you, like I, are an adherent to the one true way to format your time and date. That would be my sequel. Uh, yeah, 2016 0 at uh, 2037 for Alan Jude. Um, PM Pacific Time to likes of you and me. So, we have a... We're breaking the format greatly this week, where we are having a very divergent feature that we'll talk more about in a moment. But first, we have to do our top stories. Our first top story um, is that this last week, I could not, due to um, technical problems, literally my phone died. Um, I couldn't get 
synced up with um the lead developer from Duskers, D-U-S-K-E-R-S, because um, I didn't have a phone, which made scheduling it really difficult. Um, we're going to try to do that next week. What I did also in Duskers-related news this week since last we met, I went from basically what I regard being as, like, you know, a pale-faced ingenue to being a hardcore fucking cult-like devotee with... um a pretty in-depth understanding uh, of the intermediate gameplay, intermediate to advanced gameplay elements of Duskers. I, at some point during this week, there were literally over 20 hours in a row in one sitting that I played Duskers. And I went from really just liking the game and thinking that it was novel to this week I've got to talk to this developer. It is unbelievable game. Once you get into it, it's a little difficult to get into, um, and it's also a little difficult. But anyway, that's Duskers. We're gonna bust our asses to have to tr- see if we can sync everything up for next week, so that by you know next Friday, you will have you know some form of interview with him, um, and then followed by a complete review of Duskers. And regardless of whether or not we can get the interview to happen, you will hear a total comprehensive review of Duskers next week. Um, also, you can read a printed review that, uh, for some reason, Steam wouldn't let me post it um, to the the Steam reviews, which is really weird. Um, I wrote it in, the, in this kind of um, form of a poem or whatever. I'll have a link to that, because I po- ended up posting it on my Tumblr. I'll have a link to that in uh, the blurb for this week's show. Now, uh, normally that would bring us to um, our new and noteworthy, but we're not quite done with our top stories. But uh, we'll suspend our new and no- our top stories for. Uh- oh my God, it's coming! I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. All right, so that brings us to our new and noteworthy. Um, we're like I said. Got a big show format breaking thing we'll get to um, in a moment. It's gonna take a take up like all the time we have. It's we're actually gonna run long, right, Ivor? Ivor did the uh, crack near Ivor Molina over there in the booth says hi. Um, so we're not even gonna like play any audio. Um, there are three new and noteworthy games. One of which I have. Well, okay, two of which I've played. One of which is actually like really really new. The really really new one is called, uh, well, there are two really, really new ones. The really, really new one that I've played is called Polynomial 2. That's P-O-L-Y-N-O-M-I-A-L-2, as in, like, the number. Um, and Polynomial 2 is a, um, 3D cockpit-centered a la Descent Free Space, um, space simulator that generates and illuminates uh, tiny particle fields of fractal in, you know, either they're designed from fractals or they are illuminated in uh, a lighting pattern that spreads across them in the form of fractals and uh, makes the constellations dance um as music visualization to your own music. It is fucking 
I mean, I haven't played it for like 100 hours or anything, but I had a... It brought tears to my eyes numerous times. Um, I did have some controller problems. Polynomial 2, definitely check that out. It's $10.79, especially if you're like me, you're into, um, games that, uh, help you, uh, help you visualize your music, but games that algorithmically generate visual stimuli in a structured gameplay format that is not a, uh, runner. Uh, you know, like I'm, Thinking specifically of like one of my all-time favorites, of course, that would be the classic uh, Beat Hazard. But um, this takes Beat Hazard and puts it in a free space world where the very stars and constellations, which are all these crazy shapes to begin with, they're not you know real. As you dogfight through this psychedelic, um, procedurally generated first-person light, light arcadey, but still it's very definitely like a, a space fighter sim. That's a lot. It's a big mouthful, isn't it? So that's Polynomial 2. Definitely check it out. It's one of the most... Th- there were moments that really brought tears to my eyes. I'm not kidding. I know it's not... It's, it just doesn't sound cool to say that. Okay, then up next in our new and noteworthy, we had Brigador. B-R-I-G-A-D-O-R. Now, I, it's, we're mentioning Brigador because it's out of early access finally. It is now on the streets, legit. It's $19.99. I, I'm limiting my mentioning of it exclusively to the idea that it's new and noteworthy because I just saw that it, that it came out right before, um, sitting down to record this. And when I played it, I own the game. When I played it in early access, Whoa, did this game have controller issues on Linux? Um, hopefully they got all that shit ironed out, bitches. Cause if they did, um, what, uh, Brigador didn't have, you know, in its play experience in early access on Linux for me, uh, in terms of frustration, it more than made up for in terms of really, um, interesting take on, uh, giant mechanized robots, um, fighting uh, mechanized armor and other mechs and, uh, artillery and big guns in a far-flung distant, um, urban future. So, with, like, a really weird art style that, like, is kind of half cel-shaded, half ghetto, pixel junk, half Blade Runner dystopian future. Anyway, Brigador, B-R-I-G-A-D-O-R. Congratulations, out of early access. We have not had a chance yet to see if they fixed anything for Linux, but I, you know, $19.99, so if you've been wondering what happened to Brigador, holy shit, they finished it. And finally, and this, talk about burying the lead, kind of, um, so Polynomial 2 is just like a magnificent visual, like, assault that'll, you know, blow your mind. Planet Centauri, that's P- L-A-N-E-T-C-E-N-T-A-U-R-I? I, oh shit, I can't read my own hand. Ivor, what? Fucking Ivor Molina didn't clean up my notes like I asked him. Um, anyway, Planet Centauri. Planet Centauri came out, um, oh good. Thank you, Ivor. Not pulling this up. It's not like we have the world's biggest feature to get to. Um, let's just roll some dead air here. Um, no, Planet Centauri. I bought Planet Centauri about an hour and a half ago, the second I 
watched the video for it. Planet Centauri looks like a bizarre direct combination slash hybrid of um Castlevania Symphony of the Night style uh, slash Metroid style um, side-scrolling platformer slash shooter elements directly with um, the RPG elements of a point-and-clicker like last week's, you know, oft-mentioned um, Another World or um, The Way, which uh, that's a new game. Uh, if you like flashback, check out The Way. I got The Way to work t- uh, this week, but I, I, we don't have to talk about that. So, crosses all of those genres directly together intentionally with Minecraft and uh hardcore um not hardcore but uh very um pervasive uh building crafting resource gathering and uh town management protect and defend the innocent NPCs as they flock to you as you build up all this shit in this crazy science fiction uh, game that starts off with you getting marooned on Planet Centauri. There was something about their video that got me about 45 seconds in where it just clicked in my head that this looked like it was going to be, or had the potential to be a tr- one of those truly, truly magnificent and important games. I just got this sense of it from, like, I couldn't really understand a lot of what was happening because they're trying to demonstrate, like, you can do everything all at once! Um, so go check out that video, Plant Centauri. Uh, it's brand new, more or less. It's $13.49. I got it just before I started the show, so I haven't had a chance to play it. So to review our new and noteworthy, that's Polynomial 2, Brigador, and Planet Centauri. So now let's go back to our top stories. And I will now tell you what the fuck is up this week. Oh my god, it's happening again! Oh my god, it's Bolivians. Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. <laughs> wow, Ivor. Yeah, you know, and I say that you do not. That, um, that features bumper. No, even with all the repeated exposures, it shows no sign of not being a jarring, fucking confusing man. And they say that you do nothing around here, Ivor. Anyway, that brings us to our feature this week, which is a very, very unusual feature for us. For numerous reasons, I'm just going to give you a little background and tell you kind of why it's a little rough around the edges, maybe. It's also, I don't know, like, um, some people might say that it's mind-jarringly, violently psychotic. Um, in fact, I, I think, I think, I think I would say that too. Um, but let me give you, uh, little little summation of what we're going to our feature this week which is about 45 minutes long is a really it's i think it's almost unprecedented unless i had to cover something specific that was time-based um on sunday of last week 
I was playing through some games, uh, getting ready for just a small segment, um, that I was maybe, you know, blue skying for this week's episode about these three marble games. And this, I was playing the newest of the three, the other two I'd spent some time with already. And you could hear somewhere high, high, high above the tiny elastic tether of sanity that binds the firmament to this mortal coil or whatever. Oh, you heard it snap. You heard it snap. And then you saw the flash across the horizon as 100,000 megatons of pure, total, fucking, deranged, um, (laughs) I don't know what to call it, um, hyper-hardcore, uh, fanboy analysis critique screed and rant exploded across the galaxy wiping it all clean leaving only the 45 minutes of this a feature we are calling what is wrong with these three marble games that's marble as in m-a-r-b-l-e now I'm just going to say one more thing uh, uh, pre- to preface this, and then I'm just going to play the tape. Uh, okay, first of all, there are some... Okay, the biggest reason I want to not edit this down, I could probably get it down to maybe who knows, 20 minutes, maybe half the length. Maybe if if I if I really spent, you know, like, six hours on it, I could probably get it down to 15, so, you know, one quarter of the length. And I'm not saying that, like, everything I say is so good, you know, as I... See, because what happened was, I was playing this game called Groovy. You'll hear a lot about Groovy um, in the in the segment to come. And I, I went apoplectic with not just rage, but, like, it was an ap- apoplexy due to um, a really deep epiphany. And so what I did was I opened up my Surface you know, pro four. And I just wrote down 12 quick, 12 to 15 quick little premises. Um, and they weren't in any organized, you know, fashion. And then I did something that I hardly ever do. This is Sunday at like 10 o'clock at night. Um, I was drunk out of my mind and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I had other things that I was doing. I dropped everything right then. And Ivor Molina, be damned. He, you know, of course, he wasn't here. I mean, you know, he doesn't live here. He works here. I fired up the studio on my own. This almost never happens unless there's a like really pressing reason. And I punched up my my little, you know, talking points, which I basically completely ignored. And I went through really this insane presentation covering what is wrong with these three marble games. And finally, uh, as we approach our... T- so this will be like an hour and ten minute long episode. Oh, well, so what? Fuck it. 
Here's a reason, here's a real reason why not tons of editing has gone into this, and also why there are some moments, especially in the physics moments, you have to remember that I'm really drunk, um, and I'm trying to describe shit that, you know, is very visual and uh, is not, you know, material, like, I mean, I know very little about physics apart from scripting them in video games and shit, like, real legit Newtonian physics, so there's some stuff that's you know a little there are a couple of places where I I misspeak but you get the idea of what I'm saying and there are a lot of crazy tangential tirades and that's kind of so here's what happens I record the whole thing and I'm like oh my god I cannot believe I just did that because like I said this is a what is what is wrong what, what what is wrong with these three marble games it's a negative, it's, it's a negative, um, it's a crazy negative segment. Um, but there are giant chunks of it that aren't just about marble games and aren't just about, um, they go like way beyond like even like anything that I, I've kind of talked about in this sort of sense. They ultimately like trying to describe what is wrong with these three marble games and why I think it's important. That's the other thing that we cover in the in the 45 minutes that you're about to endure. Um all of this key all all that linked into bigger and and uh and um bigger and uh more um like you know actually significant in terms of like you know the grand scheme of things um, topics that the Mar- talking about the marble games kind of just ultimately provided a framework for, but also I have to tell you what's wrong with these three marble games, and you need to know. And we talk about that later on, and then we talk about why that in of itself, ma- why the whole, why the, why would I do this? And we kind of talk about that at the beginning. And finally, the reason why I'm I'm running it straight without hardly any editing, even in spite of, by the way, I, I, I'm, I, I have to disclaim that the, uh, last eight minutes, I go fairly nuts, like, saying all sorts of crazy shit, challenging the audience to, you know, fucking take the Pepsi challenge against Dr. Death, yours truly, and shit. Well, ironically enough, um, once you get there, you'll understand what that's about. Um, ironically enough, yeah, okay, I went, that, that, that stuff got a little out of hand, but by that point, I was, <laughs> I was pretty deranged, but also, super ironically enough, um, for the first time in over six weeks, um, my time, uh, spent on development tasks, uh, for the project I'm working on, switched immediately on Monday morning from, all of the topics that are covered basically in this in this feature to taking a really rigorous approach to uh, getting the proportions down for the, not just the proportions of like the objects and stuff, but I'm talking about like the proportions of the limbs and the distance that they would travel in proportion also to the number of frames that go by so that like everything will be on an even keel and that has been some really really difficult stuff because I, I don't really know what I'm doing there so 
Unlike other times where, like, maybe I would have just fucking let all those uh, hardcore, I, you know, I'll show you some stuff. I'll send you some videos if you want. Um, you'll see all about that. Finally, after, I gotta say that after this was done recording, I leaned back and I was like, my God, that kid, that's never gonna hear the light of day. It's so long and it's completely fucking wicked pisser crazy. Like, you know, blah. I went to the bath, came back, had half a glass of whiskey, and was like, you know what? I'm going to go to fucking bed. So I I did something also that I almost never do of, you know, since I've been 17, so basically 20 years of uh, working on <laughs> recording projects. Almost never. Not since, like, very earliest days. Do I ever listen to anything immediately after I record it if I have any questions about, you know, how well it came off? Not from a audio quality, but from, like, you know, do I sound like a fucking idiot or, you know, what if I have any questions about that stuff? I put it off for, you know, at least until 24 hours. Generally, I wait till the following weekend, and then if I get drunk enough and grow some testicles, I'll take a, a listen to it, um, and then try to forget it. Because <laughs> generally, my instincts on this after 20 years are pretty good. That is not what happened. I, I put on all 47 minutes of it. This is like, you know, now I guess like midnight. As I lay in my hammock, and I don't think I have ever laughed so hard at myself and I, I wasn't laughing at myself because I thought my jokes were funny although there were a couple that were were very funny and they're understated you know, what, what hit me at like three times in this and I hope you get the same jolt of <laughs> hilarious astonishment that I did there were at least three or four moments where I laughed until I thought I was going to die. And, like, I don't laugh at anything I say this hard. I was laughing because one thought was running through my mind. Two thoughts, actually, and they're both running through my mind at the same time. First thought was, can this guy possibly be this serious? And because I happen to be that guy, and because I happen to know what I'm talking, you know, because, like, the guy, the me in the hammock knows what the guy on <laughs> my speakers is gonna, gonna talk about. Um, the instant answer is, oh, he is so deadly serious. And I could not believe how absolutely into minutia. It was, like, really just, like, one of those, like, Moments where, like, you, you, like, you have a kind of an out of body experience. Like, normally it happens when you're really drunk and embarrassing yourself in a bar when you're in your twenties or something in front of, like, you know, your new girlfriend's parents that, you know, your first meeting of them, and you know, you fucking light a punch ball on fire, and and everything's going wrong, and it's really bad, and you rip off oh my god the whole tablecloth, and and you're staggering around, and you are laughing because you're seeing all this in the third person. Well, that is kind of what rhetorically and intellectually happened to me while I was in my hammock. I was like, oh my god, this is what the last, you know, 17 years of writing and thinking critically.
directly about video games and art have done to me. I am now dissecting these Marvel games. And uh, I did not relish having to attack them, as you'll see. I don't. But uh, I have no regrets in that regard. <laughs> My anger still burns very brightly, especially over since uh, three times since that Sunday. Uh, I've gone back intentionally to play more of all three of them to make sure that my, uh, that my concern that the overall interweb audience of discerning aesthetic, you know, aesthete, genteel, um, patrons of this newest and most important art form are not set upon brutally and found at a disadvantage unprepared for the roads of iniquity that these three titles both bring upon you and portend in a greater and broader trend sense. So with that, all of that, that lengthy, you know, blah, 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 Fuck it, we're not going to have deals this week here. I'm just going to tell you the deals right now. Um, actually, there are three really good deals. One, R-Y-M-D-R-E-S-A. Go look at that. It's a procedurally generated uh, roguelike. Um, it's 60% off now till June 6th, $4.79. Uh, then, um, a game called Moto RKD Dash. Uh, it's 33% off now till June 10th. It's a motorcycle game. Uh, it is $2 until June 10th. And then finally, um, a game that I missed completely when it came out. It's not that old of a game. It came out like, la- uh, August of last year. It is called Gorky 17. I think, uh, I think it's Gorky 17. And it's a, I was like, oh man, what, what, I don't, I remember something about this. Well, now it runs on Linux. Uh, and beyond that, yeah, Gorky 17, G-O-R-K-Y 17. It's a post-apocalyptic, uh, game set in, uh, a weird, um, Soviet secret city that has been tormented, uh, by, oh my god! It's an RPG. Uh, a la, it's turn-based RPG. Uh, looks kind of like Fallout. Well, Gorky17 now is 89% off th- through June 6th at 54 cents. So that was Moto RKD Dash. Um, very simple, but very fast looking and really cool looking, uh, motorcycle game, kind of like, uh, in the vein of Road Rash. 33% off, $2 now through June 10th. Then R-Y-M-D-R-E-S-A, which I'm not even gonna try to describe to you. 60% off, $4.79, now through June 6th. And then Gorky 17, 89% off at 54 cents now through June 6th. So now, oh, oh, what's that Ivor? What's wrong with these three Marvel games? In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Okay, so I want to preface everything I'm about to say by 
simply disclaiming the two, two things. One, I did not wake up today and I don't ever wake up on any day with the idea of how can I hurt somebody today (laughs) or whose day can I fucking destroy today? Um, what game can I find that I can just beat on like, you know, a surrogate broken wife, (laughs) you know, uh, or a small defenseless child (laughs) that I can just, just clobber. And that's the first thing. There's a reason why I don't do negative reviews and have never done really, or not have never done, but have always avoided, and I'm not just talking about it on this show, I'm talking about it as my career as a journalist, my career as a fucking professional critic, my career in print, online, and any type of broadcasting available. I, I have always, always avoided having to do negative reviews. So that's disclaimer one. Disclaimer two is multi-part. My prejudices. (laughs) Let me openly disclose so that there is no confusion about my, about the possibility of, you know, oh, sorry, my, my can explode. Thank you, Ivor, for, Ivor says he's gonna edit that out. Actually, we'll get to the second part in a moment. Let me just explain to you what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about what is wrong with three games that have come out all within the last, easily within the last uh, six weeks, but I think basically all within the last month, four weeks. Um, All of them are marble-based games, or purport to be marble-based games. And what do I mean by purport? Well, all of them involve you controlling a sphere. Two of them openly build themselves and market themselves as being specifically marble-based. The third, which is the one that sent me over the edge, the third, its name is Groovy, G-R-O-O-V-Y. Groovy, um, doesn't specifically say that it's a marble-based game. It's kind of like a techno take on marble-based game. But all of them, you are controlling a sphere. So, my prejudices, lest anyone be confused, um or misunderstand me, or mistake me, that's the word I'm looking for, unless anyone might, out there in in internet world, unless anyone might mistake what I'm about to say for being um the brutal ravings of someone who is unfairly comparing new games made for new um hardware in a whole new fucking technological world, uh, unless anyone might mistake me for being someone who would compare those new products against absolute champions of old, colored with the rose-colored glasses of nostalgia and, um, you know, admiration and adoration uh, filled with the iris hopes of youth or whatever the fuck, Lest you, you might mistake me for being someone who is pitting these three games against Marble Madness and then f- having, you know, of course, found them wanting in the comparison 
sets upon these three new games as if, you know, they are my redheaded stepchildren to beat violently and until brains, snot, and tears explode from their face in endless rivers all at once like confetti, although I'm starting to really enjoy that image as I think about it because I'm very angry right now. Mm. I am not comparing these games directly to Marble Madness. It would be unfair to compare any game that attempts to be a marble game to Marble Madness. Just as it's unfair, let me give you an example from this show's history. Um, I guess nine months ago, eight months ago, there was a game called Axiom Verge, which is so totally a play alike of Super Metroid. It's crazy. It has its own innovations, but it is absolutely from the art design to the, um, to the game design in terms of the play mechanics to, um, the way the actual levels themselves are designed to the way that the overall game is designed. It is completely a play alike of Super Metroid. In fact, I think it's better. It's way better than Super Metroid, but in Super Metroid, but I did not compare it to Super Metroid, even though it's, it is Metroidvania taken to like the next billionth level. Like it, it wants to be more of what you loved from Super Metroid. I do not need to compare it to Super Metroid, nor do I hold, nor in my, did I in my reviews or comments about the game, have I ever, um, said, but this game, A, wants to be Super Metroid, and B, in that desire, it, you know, failed, or succeeds even, you know, it's better than Super Metroid, I, I'm never, you can't compare the two things even though they're both ultimately um a spy, you know in from their inception for uh from from their designers inception conception of the idea to make the game two different designers from you know different completely different generations had the exact same um aesthetic concept for what would be their perfect game and they both went at it, and they both turned out two different games that happen to be very similar. One, of course, the later one, you know, the more recent one, which would be Axiom Verge, you know, openly, I, I would imagine that its designer would openly state, oh my god, yes, I was completely influenced by Super Metroid, <laughs> you know, um, otherwise he's, he's a maniac, uh, <laughs> and he needs to be restrained. So, okay, with all of that out of the way, because, I mean, this is going to be brutal. One final thing before we set in. I've been developing over the last... I've been learning how to develop for the last two months and change using the current modern tool set for 3D games. I've been down this road before. Um, but never like this because it's never been this easy. And I'm, you know, what I'm trying to say here is I'm all god damn it, give me some whiskey. Yeah, oh cheers. Oh boy, this is I mean I'm not relishing this at all, guys. Mm. 
What I'm trying to say is that for the first time in my life as a critic, probably, I have an absolutely unfair advantage over these um, three titles that we are about about to talk about. Um, and I mean that in that I can see almost without playing them exactly how I would have designed the same thing but for the first time ever in my life, which has been, you know, I mean, I've been playing games for 30 years now. And I've spent, since uh time I was 23, so over a decade and a almost a decade and a half, I've spent writing and thinking critically about video games. Say nothing about writing and thinking critically about art at large, but specifically about video games. Um, For the first time ever... I now understand the state of the art in terms of the tools and the methodologies and best practices and stuff um, in a way that I never have had access to before because game development really was at this level was not anywhere near as approachable or as easy as it has become specifically over the last three years and specifically due to unity and also owes a lot uh, owes a big debt to free and open source um ideology uh and the uh, availability of steam as a dist- cross platform distribution network where people can sell their games and market their games without having to deal with the absurd overhead um, of production, promotion, uh, and uh, manufacturing, supply, and and uh, and uh, freight distribution networks, etc. You know what I mean? So it feels really. I'm really miserable. Can you tell? Like, I am not happy right now. Because these three games... These three games need to be stopped. Each one... If you combined all three of these games into one game... Aspects of all three of these games... You know, if you combine them all into one game, you just end up with a giant Frankenstein marble game. With three marbles, too, probably, actually. Um... If you combine aspects of all three of these games together, you would get a really great marble game. The odds would be that you would get a really great marble game. Because each one has something super special that's going for it. Unfortunately, each one is also either handicapped by the fact that it's designed not to be a marble game. I know that's, that, that sounds insane, but that's, that's, that's when I decided that we had to do this feature. It's a marble game, but it's not really a marble game. Like, and I'll explain more about that when we get to that specific game. Or, it fails because it's a marble game, but it doesn't make you feel like, like you're controlling a marble at all. 
meaning, you know, there's no physics, no inertia, no, um, no, no marbleness to the game. Or even Monkey Ball. We could even compare them to Monkey Ball for those Super Monkey Ball for the, for younger listeners of this episode. Instead of me talking about Marble Madness, we could talk about Super Monkey Ball, which is a different type of game because you tilted the level. And believe me, I'm fucking very intimately familiar with all this shit because I've been designing these games now for two months. I just recently cooked up my, my, uh, Super Monkey Ball play, like my first level design with the actual correct controls and transforms and cameras and stuff. Um, that was, you know, 10 days ago. And I finally got that to work. So it's okay. So we have, we have our first problem is a game that is a purports to be a marble game. Looks like a marble game. Tastes like a marble game. Feels like a marble game even, but actually is not designed. Was not designed to be a marble game <laughs> in spite of everything that they might tell you. That's our first. Our second problem, our second type of, uh, what's wrong with these marble games? Our second problem is a game that wants to be, looks, and has the level design of a marble game, but absolutely does not feel like a marble game <laughs> in terms of the way it controls. So it's kind of like the, Almost the exact, um, inverse of, um, our first problem. And then our third problem, our third, the third problem that we're going to look at is a marble game that while it actually has all of the qualities necessary to be a marble game. They all kind of come together in just the wrong kind of way, which is kind of a more devastating critique to level against anyone than than any of the previous two examples. So we'll start with with that one because of of all three of these games, the first game that we're going to start with is the one that deserves least to be on this list. And this list, of course, is what is wrong with these marble games. So, the game that I would like most to excuse from this list is called Hyposphere. H-Y-P-O-S-P-H-E-R-E. Hyposphere's problem... By the way, Hyposphere... the One of the reasons why I would really love to be able to avoid having to talk about Hyposphere is that they barely charge anything for this game via Steam. And by the way, all three of these games could have completely escaped this list and the necessity for me creating this feature for this episode by not charging anything for them. But because because if they didn't charge anything for them, then I wouldn't bring them up at all because they're free. And what are you going to do? You're going to fucking complain about something that's free? Well, fuck yourself. You're just an asshole who wants to beat up on... Or, you know, maybe you're a little bit too far on the self-righteous side of the scale in terms of being a critic. Anyway, Hyposphere is about $3. And Hyposphere builds itself, uses the Unreal 4 engine to great effect. It is fantastically gorgeous. 
builds itself as probably the greatest looking marble game ever made, while also being the hardest. It is a very difficult game. It is a very beautiful game. It very definitely involves marbles. It is not a marble game. It's a very, very, very difficult um, take on a marble game cross with the speedrunner, I guess. But you, at no point, just by virtue of the fact that the physics in Hyposphere allow for no air control, which is a common theme that you'll find uh, that's shared by all three of these games, no air control, really, ascribes to a very realistic um, or realistic feeling slash seeming physics, you know, uh, fi- conception of the physical universe in terms of the way it portrays it, you know, the way, um, your marble interacts with the environment in hyposphere. Um, unfortunately, hyposphere, more so than any other of these games, ascribes to way too realistic, um, a concept of this to the point where it feels lifeless, cold, dead, and you know, like a ragdoll demo. In fact, all three of these games also share that same concept. But of all three of these games, Hyposphere comes closest to the sense of really controlling a marble only in the sense that there is basically infinite speed capable as you roll your marble along. Because here's the basic conceit of a marble game, for those of you who may not know. In Super Monkey Ball, the conceit is that the monkey ball will roll just as it would in any other normal world, except for the fact that you now control the tilt and rotation of the world. So you can make the monkey ball, by tilting the world like you know straight down, you can make the monkey ball roll super fast. The conceit of marble-based games is that you are a marble that ha- that is moving and is res- and is uh, subject to the laws of inertia, inertial physics, in spite of the fact that the point of origin for your actual velocity is yourself. So I find it very difficult to play a marble-based game where if you just keep holding forward or whatever, or in the case of like Marble Madness, if you just kept rolling over the trackball with your hand um, in one direction that you would not just keep going faster and faster and faster in fact, exponentially faster at a certain point um, you know, blood to the point until you reach the speed of light um, and that, you know, that's because there's no external force acting on your ball other than the, your own ball sentience, seeming sentience, um, you know, blah. And then you can look at, uh, a robot like DB8 from the most recent Star Wars movie, super cool, which operates on like, you know, an internal ball, I guess, moving inside of a hollow space inside of the ball. Something similar to that, theoretically, as fast as those two things can roll, um, is as fast as, you know, blah. If we're talking about, you know, physics as we know them in, in the known universe. Hyposphere lives up to that aspect of it. Then it clobbers you with difficulty. Now, a common theme between 
hyposphere and groovy is that both of them seem to believe that forcing people to constantly fall to their deaths, immediately stopping gameplay within one to three seconds, or otherwise known as as fast as possible after starting a new life, is an acceptable, is still an acceptable and workable formulation um, for design, overall design ethos for a video game, which is something I am pretty sure even before they made King's Quest 1, which is the game for which I recall falling to my death within pixels. Talking like, oh, you moved one pixel wrong, you fall to your death. Um, I recall that this design ethos already being somewhat unpopular, probably because it's unfun, before they made King's Quest 1. And then it only took them 15 years after they made King's Quest 1 to begin making adventure games that obviated that whole, that whole problem. Like, I, you know, I, I, I.e. Sam and Max hit the road. Um, but anyway. Groovy's problem. We're done with hyposphere. Groovy's problem is Groovy is absolutely not a game about marbles at all. Groovy is a game, I mean, it's fantastically gorgeous. It also uses the Unreal Tournament 4 engine. Um, it also has, it has the best feeling physics, perversely enough, out of all three of the games. Unfortunately, like for instance, one of the, one of the characteristics of Groovy that I find really appealing is that unlike the other two games, there actually is inertial spin on the ball. So like if you're going in a straight line and you're coming up to an, uh, an, you know, a right angle L, L turn, you know, like in the corner of a room and you just suddenly try to go from the straight line down the straightaway into you just start pressing, like, you know, L or whatever in your mind, you power slide as the ball, because it's it's spinning in one direction, but now it's trying to spin in another. So now it's spinning in two different, in two different directions. Uh, and that's what, you know, that's why the game of billiards is still so much fun to play. And also, I should point out a fundamental aspect of what generally makes marble games great is some form of simulation of those two problems of being, of moving in one direction while trying to move in another. So you have this surface that is already at, you know, move, rotating in one direction. And you, you're trying to now change that rotation to another direction, which doesn't instantly cancel out the fact that it's still moving in the first direction. So, you know, we'll, we'll call it, you know, X and Y. It, it, so you're traveling, you're, you're spinning towards Y, which is why we're going straight towards that L curve. And then you want to go, you want to go straight up X. But you're, so, you know, you press up, you know, that would be up, that would be like, you know, left, if we're going towards the L curve, 
straight away we want to make a left turn right there, sharp left turn. Well, just because you want to make that sharp left turn doesn't cancel out the fact that you are still moving. You're still spinning and moving with inertial physics. Your surface is rotating like a tire towards Y. And now we want to go to X. Oh, keep... And maybe you make the turn without falling off the edge. Maybe you don't. Or maybe you slam to a wall and break. Whatever the case may be, you want those two forces to feel very active. The idea that you're building up inertia and velocity as you spin along one axis and then you want to spin along another axis and now you have to fight the spin from the one in order to overcome the other and then you're spinning, bam, then you're spinning along the x-axis, you know, blah. If that makes any sense. I'm trying to just simplify that visually without, you know, I'm using my hands here, (laughs) but I can't draw you a picture because it's radio. So, Groovy, ironically enough, has the best, has captured that feeling the best out of all three of these games, which is really, really depressing. Because Groovy is actually a puzzle game. Groovy does not want to be a marble game at all. Groovy feels like it was designed as a puzzle platformer called Grab the Darkness. I'm not even, I'm not trying to be facetious here. I'm not trying to be diminutive. Um, where they were too lazy to animate anything other than a ball as it tried to deal with the physical push and pull of suddenly changing axes. Furthermore, Groovy's other problem, and Groovy pissed me off more than any of these other two games. Groovy put me over the top for doing this segment. Groovy really bothers me because Groovy, there is a maximum speed that your ball, which is called Groovy, There's a maximum speed that Groovy can actually move in spite of the fact that there are inertial physics that actually, you know, make power sliding and, and, you know, drift, like as described, they make, they make that real, but there's a finite actual velocity to the, to the Groovy, which makes no sense to me. It's a conceit I'm not willing to make in all honesty. If we're going to do that, then you have to like, I I can't suspend disbelief in terms of like, okay, I'm a marble. Well, then how am I moving? And if I am moving, then how is there... There needs to be some external force acting on me if I'm not able to really just go as fast as I want. Now, the other great sin of Groovy is that the level design is basically flat. And on top of that, at least for the first hour, it's pretty much flat. Groovy can jump, by the way, can double jump even, a behavior that is not that, is not that simple to easily, um, script when you're starting out, but after your first month and a half in game design, you know, I can't imagine it can be that much more difficult than C Sharp and Unity, um, and I can make characters double jump (laughs) pretty well in Unity. So you made a marble that has no air control or drag, but does have inertial physics in terms of velocity. It has a maximum velocity. It has cornering physics, but no air control. So when you jump at the direction in which you're jumping, 
after the arc of your jump, you begin your descent, and it's a predefined thing based on your velocity after leaving the ledge. Okay, that's really unfun, first of all. No air control really makes it suck, actually. Really, that that's true of Groovy and our third game. Um, our first game and Groovy, no air control really makes it suck. You're expecting me to believe that I'm a marble, that there's no air control, there's no mercy in the laws of physics, in spite of the fact that I'm moving independently of an external force. Okay. All right, okay. Better make some really good levels, and that's where Groovy really fails. The level design in Hyposphere in comparison to Groovy is spectacular. And Hyposphere, the sense of speed and just, like, merciless difficulty between both of these games is is very accurate, but the sense of speed in Hyposphere more than compensates for a tightness, an overall tightness and smallness of the traversable areas um, that you can cover in Hyposphere. Groovy, there is no forgiveness. Everything is, like, designed as if by someone who templated out each grid space, each level according to grid spaces along, you know, uh, 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 a front ortho and side ortho view and every, it, it's, it's really infuriating and everything is a tiny square pathway. Um, and like I said, it's not a marble game. It, these are all pathways that are exactly three head spaces or three actual body spaces of a groovy. So they are all proportioned to groovy. Groovy is a game that was designed to be a puzzle game with a humanoid character who could run and jump and, you know, have these elaborate Prince of Persia-style cornering animations, but they just didn't want to animate the limbs. And so they just kept using the default... Uh, You know, you when you're starting a game these days, like, you know, your default is going to either be a, you know, a cube, a sphere, or a capsule, which is, you know, kind of the weak need, <laughs> or maybe a cylinder. Um, and they just couldn't, they just couldn't bring themselves, you know, once they'd programmed these behaviors and physics into Groovy, they just could not bring themselves to start animating. This is exactly what it feels like. Start animating a little guy character, not even a stick figure. Because Groovy is not a marble game at all. Further enhancing this soul-crushing feeling of badness about Groovy is it's absolutely gorgeous. But beyond that, it's the developers either have never played a game in an arcade that uses a trackball, be it Marble Madness, Major Havoc, Tempest... Well, Tempest, I think, used... um a dial, but anyway, or even um, the latest golf game uh, that that they have at the bar that I go to, um, which I hate. I've played it before. I can't. Golden Tea. Mm. Either they've never experienced a reality in which those kinds of games, um, those kind of control services have been used in gaming before, or two, they have and are just too lazy to 
program uh, against the fact that, you know, modern mice and or trackballs as present on basically every modern workstation and home PC computer that those are perfectly adequate substitutes for that. Now, instead of that, they force you to, with this great cornering physics, they saddle you with an unforgivingly precise WASD Tap 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 really 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 destroys any possibility uh or illusion that you know you're in a marble game. Yeah, I told you it's gonna be fucking brutal. I'm sorry. Beyond that, the level design, which is predominantly flat, it's heavily predominant to flat, it's further underscored by the fact that Instead of using your mouse to control Groovy, which would be awesome, I use a trackball for everything and have for, you know, forever now. Um, ever since I learned how to play Counter-Strike with a trackball over 17 years ago, literally over 17 years ago, I've never gone back to a normal mouse. Just, I don't need all that. Really. I got a trackball. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Instead of controlling Groovy with your trackball or your mouse, or even just inertial finger swipes along your touchpad if you're playing on a laptop, you control Groovy with your individual key presses, and you, you, you're forced to use your mouse to control the camera, which is a testament to, I don't know if it's laziness or just bad design, or they're working through a bunch of stuff, I know they tried really hard. I know it's hard to make great games, hard to make great art. But you're charging people seven bucks for Groovy, and it's not a good game. At least it's not a good marble game at all. It's absolutely not a good marble game. So instead of coming up with some sort of either adaptive camera script or even bothering to script the camera at all, they pump out all of these you know, very two-dimensional levels that are three tiles made out of three groovy spaces wide, three groovy spaces tall, give groovy a double jump, make it impossible to get from one place to another, force the user to use their mouse to maneuver the camera, which is positioned in one of two chase cam forever positions. One is close, the other one is really close, and the the really close is the default, and it is useless. It makes the game basically unplayable. While the user looks at a radar that doesn't even bother to turn, instead it has an arrow that represents where the camera is currently pointed as the user tries to navigate this in these just inane but absolutely gorgeously rendered um, irritating tile worlds where if you make any kind of mistake you fall instantly to your death and every jump is almost impossible to judge while they try to collect these black swirling particle system generated 
nebulae cloud looking things that are basically at least in the first hour I don't know if like you know there's like someone turns the lights on later on or something for the first 42 I'm looking right now for the first 42 minutes it's impossible and there's no tutorial that says oh yeah by the way in arcade mode in groovy you want to collect the swirling darkness that looks like a fucking you know midterm for a fucking graphics design class one to show off how you know how to use particle systems and it looks like a, a B plus is what they would have gotten on this swirling little dark nebula thing. It's impossible to see and I, when you can see it, it looks menacing. There are like 18 of them on every level of Groovy and you have to collect them all you know, without dying a certain number of times and under a certain time limit. Otherwise, you don't get to go on to the next level and you gotta restart that level. Really not fun! It And, okay, it's got a lot of stuff going for it, but the ultimate thing that I just paid $7 for, not only is it not a marble game, it's not fun! And it's super not fun as a marble game. So finally, okay, because we're, we're going on for so long about the, but it's three games. The possibly, okay, so at least, at least Groovy attempted to have like this inertial physics kind of thing where, you know, you have these, you, you know, you're turning one way and you're trying to turn the other way, but they didn't really want to put a marble there. They really wanted to put a humanoid or something. And they really wanted to come up with better level design. They really wanted to come up with a camera system. But instead, they're just going to make you... They're going to force the user to solve their own camera problems forever! At every fucking second. And, you know, we're not even going to really make the radar correlate to... To the... To, you know, the actual user's experience as they navigate our tedious little tightrope of fucking... <laughs> fucking tiles... That looked like a cookie cutter exploded after being loaded with polygons and textures. Oh my god. Can I get more brutal here? Okay. So, fuck those guys. At least they tried. They tried really hard. And they're on the right track. I'm sure they're going to make other games that are better. Same thing with Hyposphere. Hyposphere... I'm sure the people who made Hyposphere, they care a lot. I'm sure, I know that all these people care about games. In fact, I can see in every fucking second they care about games. They, but, but they, yeah, they're not good games that they have put out and they're charging for them. Hyposphere is actually forgivable because Hyposphere is almost just a physics demo and it's $3 and it's a lot. Um, and it's super fun and it was the first. I mean, no, it was the second out of these three games. So we're going to wrap up with our third game, which is called Marble Mountain, which combines... Okay, so there's this thing in 3D rendering, like in Blender. Like if you're trying to like do like a 3D render of um of uh, a stick man, let's say, and you're using just cubes to make your stick man, so rectangular cubes, there's this thing you can do called beveling. And what beveling does is it takes the edges... And you can, you know, use your mouse wheel in Blender to add more edges symmetrically so that it smooths out and rounds out those hard right angles into more triangles, more polygons or whatever, more vertices, but it rounds them out into as smooth a curve as you want. 
Well, if you take that same <laughs> premise and apply it to Groovy and Hyposphere, but apply it to gameplay and visual excitement, that is exactly what our third game is. Our third, what is wrong with these three Marble games, is Marble Mountain, which looks... It looks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. It looks like a great marble adventure. It seems like it has a great marble adventure. It's got static camera angles. It's got cinematic this, that, and the other thing. It has these, re- you know, lots of time, obviously, went into the level design um, to make them, you know, blah. And there's mechanisms and physics, like, you know, uh, there are jets that blow you through the air, and there are giant spinning things that, you know, you can barely hang on to as you try to cross them, and stuff like that. Although, actually, that's more of a cut sequence than anything. But anyway, because you can't really get across it. Anyway, that's whatever. And yet, by virtue of it having dared not at all, in terms of any of the, in the ways that either Groovy has dared with its inertial cornering. Did they dare? The Berenstein Bears say, yes, they did. Let's have some more whiskey. Yes, they dared. The spooky tree. Berenstein Bears and the spooky tree. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel really bad. Like, I feel like a really terrible person for, for, <laughs> but these are not good games. Marble Mountain has none of the physical vitality that Groovy does. It also has none of the speed, the sense of speed that Hyposphere has. It also has none of the the same depth of challenge, if you want to call just, you know, ridiculous... (laughs) bad level design in the case of Groovy or just punishing intentionally punishing level design in the case of Hyposphere um, you know quality if you want to call that you know punishing level design you know yes I want that in my game I want punishing level I want to kick someone in the balls until they cry <laughs> with my game I want it to be impossible reminds me of this uh back in the day in out here in Las Vegas we had this wonderful arcade called Mary Kay's which um survived eventually predominantly by catering to a large um Thai and Korean, uh, population in the surrounding, surrounding, you know, quarter mile neighborhoods. And they had, so they had a lot of Japanese games, ironically. <laughs> but, um, one of which was called The Irritating Maze, which was a game. It had this giant controller that you had to hold on to. Which would electroshock you as jets blew in your eyes and the floor vibrated while you tried to not touch anything on the screen while you navigated a little ball through. So if, if that's what you're going for, then fine. You will find none of that in Marble Mountain, which <laughs> perversely enough also has the most Marble Madness-like slash best environments for a marble game that I've played in recent memory out of all three of them and yet even that is too restrictive for me um so that is Marble Mountain and Marble Mountain I think I paid 10 or 
20 bucks for groovy i know i paid 6.99 for and hyposphere is two dollars and 99 cents and i want to close with this final prediction i know this is gonna evidently this is 44 minutes of listening to me rant about these three marble games but if the fact that there is a glut of three of these right now if that seems like a coincidence to you no, it shouldn't be because I myself over the last two months have made three separate fucking engines, physics, you know, not engines themselves. I mean, all in unity, but three separate physics scripts and control scripts for three different types of marble games. Um, you will see more of these to come. And by the way, if anyone wants to fucking step to death row and take the Pepsi challenge, hey, Mr. fucking Seth Barkin, Skooky Sprite, you motherfucker, you just beat up on these poor independent developers who tried so hard to give you a marble game. Well, first of all, they weren't trying to give me a marble game. They got paid for a marble game. I got no marble game. And that gives me every right to warn anyone else who wants a marble game not possibly to go to these three games to get a marble game um but beyond that anyone wants to go oh yeah you're so fucking dark jedi badass mr critic well what 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 have you designed what are your fucking games like well anyone wants to text me tweet me at on twitter at vegas writer v-e-g-a-s-w-r-i-t-e-r and sends me a screenshot of a working Unity environment on their fucking computer. Just take a screenshot with your phone, and I will send you all of my project files, baby, so you won't have to just watch a little video of me playing my game, or my little proof of concepts that I've done. And I, you know... And by the way, I make no... I do not claim to have designed full-fledged marble games, but I have grappled intensely with Every element that I have just outlined and found wanting in these games. Um, and you will see more of these games because this is how, like, it's one of the best tutorials on how to get started with Unity for Unity on Unity's website is a fucking, it takes 30 minutes to do. Make your own marble game, rolling ball game. Well, rolling ball game is very different from a marble game. Anyway, so I don't purport to have made super awesome games yet. But I will take the Pepsi challenge that any aspect of the behaviors that I've outlined, I can show how I have conquered them in at least one aspect, isolated though it may be, and I'll let you play them. You know, fuck it. Uh, they're not pretty, but, you know, they're proofs of concept. They're me fucking learning how to do this shit. <sighs> Oh, oh, oh. oh yes. Yeah. So once again, that's uh we covered Groovy G R O O V Y, uh, which is six dollars and ninety-nine cents. Hyposphere, H Y P O S P H E R E, which uh is like two dollars and ninety-nine cents. Of all of the game, I mean, I have no complaint about having bought Hyposphere. Hyposphere has brought me the most joy out of any of them. Um, and then we also had uh Oh no. Where did Marble Mountain go? Oh god. Oh my god, we're gonna die. 
And there are more problems than the ones that I've outlined here. Like, one of my things about Marble Mountain is they couldn't even be bothered to draw an animation of your ball shattering when, cause that's, uh, part of the play mechanics. Um, let's look at Marble Mountain store page. No, come on, Ivor. Well, anyway, yeah, so this is gonna be like one of the longest episodes in our history, I guess. Okay. And once again, this is being recorded on Sunday, 29th of May, 2016. 2016, 05, 29. Um, Marble Mountain can be had for, oh, 9.99. So Marble Mountain is the perfect milk, to- milk toast. God, God rest my dad. <laughs> That's what he would call it. He'd call it milk toast. He'd call it Bob Newhart. Marble Mountain is the Bob Newhart of these three Marble games. Hyposphere is the Eddie Izzard. You know, right there on the edge, I guess. And, uh, uh, Groovy would be, oh, Groovy would be the Howie Mandel circa the bad years of Howie Mandel, the early years of Howie. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So I will now turn you over to what is hopefully the remainder of a more reasoned and thoughtful broadcast. But that concludes our feature. What is wrong with these three marble games? Thanks for listening. Oh my God. And with that, I mean, you know what else can I say? Hour and 21 minutes. One of the longest shows that we've ever done. Uh, but yeah, uh, in case you can't tell, this is back, um, on 2016-06-03. I hope you enjoyed, um, that, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's long. But it covers a lot of crazy shit. Some of it, it actually talks about in a way that I thought made sense. And then some of it, the stuff that it talks about that where it's not making quite the caliber of sense that I might like or the argument is not presented in such a rational way. I found some of those moments to be just so funny, so stunningly funny at least to me. Um, so I hope you at least got a laugh out of it. I also hope that maybe, um, you know, if you, if you don't, if, if you've never fucked around with development or if you're not a developer, that some of the really, uh, intense, um, looks at how a character is its behavior, um, and how that behavior is ultimately made manifest as what's recognized as um its animations and then ultimately it's like a Russian doll box but we're going but the way that the player sees it it doesn't go from biggest to smallest it actually goes the other way around so you have these animations now and then the thing that really makes the character is the proportions of you know, the model combined with those other aspects going down and dissecting that from the perspective of ball games, uh, makes it pretty easy, but also, you know, I don't know. So, uh, uh one last thing, cause I gotta keep us here for another at least 45 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Ivor, no, don't hang yourself. And you don't hang yourself either. If you've made it this far, holy shit, you get a medal. Um, just wanted to say that I did not forget to do a uh, 
best video, best links games podcast video of the week this week. Our video of the week this week is, of course, um, dedicated to two of the titles. I could get the, th- the, um, the third game. You'll see which one is omitted. There's a link to, uh, or there should be a link to the YouTube vid for it. It's about 10 minutes long. It's actually, it gives you some, it's, in one sense, it really softens, um, some of the hard parts of the critique. Cause I'm talking about it, and we roll out a new feature in our video, um, this week. So it softens some, like, oh man, this guy's just so mean parts of the critique, but it also hardens a lot of the softer parts. Where it's like, oh my god, this looks just fucking awful. You'll see, you know, gameplay doesn't lie, and, uh, even if you're not entirely in control of it. So hopefully there'll be a link to it. And if there's not, because I'm uploading it right now, and I'm going to want to get out all 100 hours of this episode as fast as possible, um, it might appear later. Or if you definitely want to find it, uh, it will be just a YouTube search for Best Linux Games Podcast in YouTube. Because we have I've split everything off into our own channel, and we're populating that channel. And actually... If you search for it, it'll actually show that basically empty channel. There's not much in there yet. Um, but we're adding stuff all the time. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you had some fun. And uh, next week, Duskers, baby. All about the Duskers. Later days. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.